Welcome to our movie. Hello. Welcome to Fight Club. Hi, boys. How are you? Okay. Uh, welcome to Wayne's World. Party on, Garth. Hello. Welcome to another edition of Thunder Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Himalayas. Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Hello, and welcome to The Real, a movie podcast brought to you by The 207 Take. I'm your host, Ken Reed, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Lucas Schmoleski. Hey there. Hey. Uh, it's been a minute. It has. I spent the winter break in the frozen tundra of Philadelphia. You spent the winter break in the frozen tundra of Wisconsin. The actual frozen tundra. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair... I was stuck in the bomb cyclone, yeah, which I did learn about only because Twitter just kept saying it, and I didn't know what it meant. A flight got canceled. It was like negative 12 a whole lot. It was cold, but uh, it was lovely. I saw some movies while I was there, because you can't go outside. No. Or you'll die. That was a good time for movies. Great time for movies. So uh, now that we're back, we're going to catch up a little bit, catch each other up on what we saw, what we thought. Uh, We also have... A little Golden Globes recap to do. Might have a few that stand out to us that we want to mention. But first, we got three trailers to talk about. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Because, as we said, it's been a while. Yeah, a little rusty. A lot of rusty. Oh. A lot of rusty. Here we go. Release order. Coming out on the 8th of June, 2018. That's this year. Ocean's 8. Debbie Ocean gathers a crew to attempt an impossible heist at New York City's yearly Met Gala. Gala? Gala. I like Gala. Gala? Gala, Gala, Gala. Gala. Get it, got it, good. Lucas, this was my first... This is kind of an older trailer, I know, but this was the first time that I saw it. Yeah. Um, I said right when it ended that I'm, I'm whelmed. I'm neither overwhelmed nor underwhelmed. I have concerns. Yeah, the trailer's the trailer's not very good. Trailer's bad. Trailer's bad. Trailer's bad. A lot of good people in it. Incredible cast. A lot of names. It's really the only thing that is keeping me intrigued at all at this point. Yep. Trailer is even like the premise <laughs> that they explain in the trailer. They spend is bad. Yeah. Which Makes me concerned for the actual movie because it's not for just sure. bad trailer cuts. Like this is actually the point of the movie. They spend so long in the trailer telling you like what they're doing and why they're doing it, but it kind of doesn't make sense. Oh no, not at all. Okay, excellent. I thought maybe <laughs> no. I was just being dumb. So they go to the Met Gala to steal a necklace. Yes, valued at one hundred and fifty million dollars. Correct. Worn by uh, Daphne Kluger, who is just played by Anne Hathaway. Yeah. So Anne Hathaway is playing a celebrity who would go to the Met Gala, much like Anne Hathaway probably would. Yeah, correct. In a franchise where we've already had actors play either themselves or play characters who looked so much like that actor that they just acknowledged it in the movie this seems a bold choice yeah i i'm just stuck on like why are they going to this gala to steal the necklace hopefully there's like one more critical piece of information that we need yeah like in the movie because the leap the logical leap in the trailer is like not great no oceans 11 is about a group robbing las vegas casinos yes so there's like a little suspension of disbelief, but also it kind of makes sense. You're like, casinos, money, where would you rob that's not a bank? A casino. Yes. So, okay. Now we're like, okay, we're robbing a yearly, is it even, it's not like an award show. It's just a, it's a gala. Yeah. Gala. Isn't it also like for charity? Like I thought, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not super familiar, but... No, it's not even the, like, I don't believe that anyone would do that. I just believe that the people that would do that 
are like dumb and I wouldn't want to watch a movie about them. Yeah. Like where the it Las would, Vegas yeah. casinos, you're like, okay, this is a little wacky. Like no one can pull this off. And then you see them like pull it off and it's, there's some stuff where you're like, okay, well, yeah, you gotta be slide. like a little slick, a little, yeah. but then this one's like one, like why, why that Two, like why in that setting? It seems like there'd be easier ways to steal that necklace than like waiting yeah. for the, the night of like this huge, for it, for it to be on someone's neck. Yeah. Yeah. Because it hope, has to go somewhere. Yeah. I hope we get weird. So we see someone making a fake necklace, I'm yeah. assuming. I hope we get like National Treasure style, like swap to the Declaration of Independence type yep. deal. With, like, you, are you walking out with that necklace? And you're like, no, it's a replica of, of Anne Hathaway's <laughs> character's necklace. Like, oh, I thought okay. you were going to say it's a replica of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Anne Hathaway body double played by Anne Hathaway. You know it's coming. That'd be good. You know it's coming. That'd be good. Do you think they'll even, do you think that they will do a part where they're like, oh, you look a lot um, like Sandra Bullock? Like, will they just straight up pull that out? I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible, baby. Anything is possible. Um, yeah, as we said, the cast in this looks uh, fantastic. I'm a little disappointed that James Corden is in it because I find him so annoying. So obnoxious. I don't have a problem with him. He's not my favorite, but yeah. I mean, I if I was gonna pick a late night talk show host, I guess I would pick him over like Conan. So see, when I saw that though, I did, and I'm I'm not like a huge fan of his, but when I see his stuff in in small doses, I'm like, okay, that's I'm fine with this being a form of entertainment that's available to me. When I saw him in this trailer, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> it, it deflated. Like the, the, the little momentum that this trailer actually had. When I saw him, I was like, "Yeah, oh, okay." I am kind of glad that they didn't put Matt Damon's big dumb face on this. Yeah, I mean, we all know he's in it, but yeah. it's probably a good call. Matt Damon. He- Matt Damon had himself a year. Yeah, <laughs> I like Rihanna as the hacker. I thought that was, yeah. that was funny. Yeah, it's interesting. We know she can act, man. Did you see Battleship? I did not. She's got some chops. I did not watch Battleship. Battleship is the best Michael Bay movie that Michael Bay never made. A lot of, there's that is a very interesting statement. Yep. <laughs> Take it any way you want. We'll dissect that at some point. <laughs> yeah. All the implications of that that yeah. statement. Yeah. Uh let's move on, shall we, to a television series. All right. On our podcast about movies. I like TV. Sometimes I like TV too. This is uh, Barry. It's premiering on HBO sometime in March. So for those of you following along at home, I did fuck up the release order. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk about Barry now. Not to be confused with Netflix's Barry, which is the story of young Barack Obama. Yeah. This Barry is a hitman from the Midwest, moves to Los Angeles, and gets caught up in the city's theater arts scene. Played by Bill Hader. Exactly. That was uh, the reason I clicked it is because I saw the thumbnail and it was Bill Hader standing in a street. And I said, I got to see what's up with Bill. I'm a huge Bill Hader fan. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much have, have liked him and everything that he's done. I thought he was fantastic in train wreck. I kind of wish that he gets more opportunities to be like the male lead. Yeah. Of, of uh, uh, rom-coms. Cause I thought he handled himself well. So uh, check this one out. Uh, it's Bill Hader and Steven Root hanging out in a room. I'm already, I'm already intrigued. Checkmate. Throwing in some Henry Winkler. Yeah, I mean, if all you could have described this going coming from the other way too, where you're just like, okay, it's Bill Hader doing Bill Hader things in like an HBO yeah. show, and you would also understand the total vibe of the trailer, which yep. is weird because that doesn't necessarily mesh perfectly with when you read the like the description of it oh like, god it yeah. like does in a way yeah but then once you hear those two things you're like okay this totally makes sense and it's classic like hbo yeah. style where you're like okay i'm gonna be a little little quirky a little interesting here and there they'll do some things good cast like you said yeah and yeah i think as you said bill Hader uh brings like a certain levity to the idea that he is just a hitman who just murders people in this yeah. trailer, but you're like, that's pretty funny. You're no, like, it's well, good. it's not, but yeah. you know, they can get away with it on this. Uh I think I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I'm interested. I love the scene where he was 
it looks like he's doing maybe an acting exercise with this woman and she does like this big this like over the top smile and that just goes to Bill Hader and he just does <laughs> the most repulsive like Bill Hader face and that's so good. And I'm then, excited. Yeah, that's I'll be checking that one out for sure, especially yep. now that we know uh, that Game of Thrones isn't coming back till 2019. Wah, wah. Uh, HBO needs something that will make me keep paying them money. We'll see if if Barry can do it. Let's move on to our final trailer for today. Lucas, this was one that I think we've both been excited about. Uh, pretty much the moment it dropped, uh, I think you texted me a link for it. Oh, yeah. We've watched it a few times now. Uh, we're talking about Mamma Mia. Here we go again. This is going to drop the 20th of July, 2018. In this sequel to Mamma Mia, Sophie learns about her mother's past while pregnant. So Sophie learns about her mother's past while her mom was pregnant, or Sophie learns about her mother's past while Sophie's pregnant? Yes. Okay. We have some time travel and and flashbacks, and uh, it's a prequel. It looks like a prequel. Yes, it is a... They say sequel. It's a half and half. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, the... Let's guess the plot. Here we go. We're going to guess the plot first. Okay. Go. <laughs> I mean, we know the whole plot. Don't yeah. We? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, Meryl Streep is dead. Yeah. So everyone's coming together for the funeral. Which I, which I already brought up is, like, the weird thing that they don't... That's what I'm saying. The like, we all know it, but they don't get... They, like, never quite get there. And I'm like, just say she's... She's dead. I don't. It seemed Just weird. Just say you couldn't get Meryl Streep to come back. Yeah, it seemed weird in like a way where I was like, okay, maybe they just didn't get Meryl Streep, and they're like reminiscing about uh, some. I don't know, but yeah, Meryl Streep's dead. That's yes. my. That's our guess. <laughs> now we're announcing okay, that Meryl, Meryl Streep isn't dead, but the character that Meryl Streep plays is dead. <laughs> the mama. The, the mama, mama. Mama Mia. Yeah. I would like to point out that every time that there it says Mama Mia the exclamation point is attached. Yeah. It's never just Mamma Mia. No, it's, it's always Mamma Mia exclamation point. Yeah, no, that's part of the... Yeah. It's a very particular part of the branding, for yes, sure. Yes, that is, that is a piece of the title. Um, but anyway, it looks like, yes, Meryl Streep is dead. All your characters from the last one are reconvening. And then they go into a flashback thing, which is when we get Lily James playing young Donna. That's her, her credit on young IMDb. And there's like just young versions of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh for better or for worse. Yeah. And then we're just you know what? They're just doing it again. Yeah. Here we go again. Here we go again. Love it. But at the same time, it seems like anything that would be because uh, we get, like you said, all the pretty much all the characters but Meryl Streep, it looks like from the original one. But there's the, a few shots of her. But it looks like all they like put the grain over the shot in such a way where it's like, okay, this is Might like be from footage the from yeah. the last one. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like any new footage. But it's clearly the basis is in a sequel timing, right? Because they're they're basing it off Amanda Seyfried is like kind of the the catalyst of this of this one. She's she's pregnant now. But everything from entertainment value to like interesting stories to implications for here we go again like leads points to like the flashbacks and the new characters which then is confusing because you say here we go again but it seems to be like talking about the past they got themselves like an alternate dimension issue where like now we're basically just running two timelines at the same time yeah maybe who knows? I mean, just in the trailer, they jump back and forth a few times. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, we get we get one classic zinger from our, our boys, Colin <laughs> Firth, Pierce Brosnan, and Stellan Skarsgård, bringing <laughs> the heat. <laughs> I mean, the first movie's not good, so... No, but I love it. Yeah, but... So, I I mean, we kind of know what we're going to get as far as overall quality. And oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be bad. Everything about this just makes me smile, and every time I see the trailer, I'm like... All right, that'll be. You, you got to have your movie that you look forward to, that you know. Like you can, your expectations you, yeah. are going to be low, and you, you have, have to, no expectations. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go in. Someone's going to sing an ABBA song, and I'm going to leave, <laughs> and I'll have a great time. I'm gonna get a little wine drunk, and I'm gonna go see this movie. <laughs> you can drink in theaters now. They got bars in them. Yeah, go for it. 
It's great. Uh, also, you're just, like, you just telling me there's a movie with Christine Baranski and Cher? I'm like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to see it. I'd be a fool not to. Because we do have to talk about the Cher reveal, yeah. which is the, the last scene of the trailer. She gets off a helicopter, and, and young Donna gets to say, Grandma? No, no, no. It's a... Uh... Oh, is it Amanda Seyfried? Yeah, yeah. I get them confused. The kind yeah, yeah. of look similar. No, they do. Yeah. But now this throws it. Now I'm concerned, right? Because <laughs> you're telling me, you're telling me that her grandmother is Cher. Yes. Her mother is Meryl Streep. Correct. We're meeting for a funeral for one of them. And it's Meryl Streep? They couldn't get Meryl Streep, guys. Do you think that's actually like what's yeah, going on? That's, I mean, that that's has to be guaranteed it, right? it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, shares in it. Get excited. Which, I mean, I would have. I don't really need any of the old characters. I. It almost seems like they should just, just cut that timeline out. Just yeah. do the prequel. We agree. But they got share on board, so they got I hope Cher- it started off. They got share on board, and we're just gonna worked out from there. They're just gonna replace Meryl Streep <laughs> with Cher, and just be like no one, no one will know. Who's gonna care? <laughs> they did some test screenings. Everyone's like, Everyone's wait like, a minute. Oh god. Wait no. a minute. Wait a minute. Do you think that they did get Cher to be the grandma and then they were like, Cher refused to be Meryl Streep's mother? <laughs> no, she is Meryl Streep's mother. She is, yeah. But she didn't want to be old in that <laughs> timeline so that now she's... Anyway, we'll we'll figure that one out at some point. A lot point. going on. A lot going on. All I know is that... But the person that they got to play young Stellan Skarsgård does not look like Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> See, I was... I, I kind of liked all of them. They're off just enough where yeah. it kind of bothered me. <laughs> no, I love like it. Like their face, the facial structure is like not even close. No, it's like when you see the, uh, and when I say Disney live action Jungle Book here, I'm talking about like old school Disney live action Jungle Book, not like the the new one. Yeah. It's like when you see that and then you see the like rip off like Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like uh, Jungle, like Jungle Story like one and you're like everything in here is like kind of the same <laughs> yeah it's everything is just a little bit off yeah we hit the uncanny valley but not for like cgi it's for people yeah no it's it's weird all right those are the the three trailers we watched this week uh, i think we're both looking forward to two of the things waiting on the third it's pretty good it was pretty good yeah in baseball that's crushing oh yeah and potential for that might be our first like actual three for three potential. It might be. We'll have, have to get we'll have to get our real historians to go we'll back. We'll get and, the stats and get us. We'll go to the stat man. I'm working on the saber metrics for the podcast. It's not really it's it's coming together, but it's slow. It's slow. Uh Lucas, let's talk about the Golden Globes. Sure. Let's did you watch it. it? Um, I did not watch it. God, what was I doing? I was I have no idea. Oh, there's some. I was I was busy for some reason. I watched a lot of the, which I think is the way to watch the Golden Globes now. Just watched a lot of the YouTube clips. Yep, I 100% <laughs> agree. That's all you need to do now. Yep, um, because award shows get kind of long winded after a while. Yeah, I mean I know Oprah's like been dubbed our next president, and Seth Meyers like hosted the show and stuff. Happened. So you know the big one. <laughs> yeah, you got the big ones right. Um, that said, we, we did follow who, who won and who lost. Um, I guess I'll just ask you first, did anyone jump out at you? Anything you want to, you want to mention real quickly? Cause I do, I do have like one where I kind of want to get on a soapbox. Okay. I mean, we did, it. I mean, just kind of, kind of scrolling through here. Uh, show favorite, Sarsha. Sarsha Ronan. Sarsha Ronan won for, uh, for Lady Bird. As best. did Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah, for best uh and what that was in like the musical comedy category. Yep. Correct? Yeah. Um three billboard three excuse me. Oh wow. Free billboards. Free billboards, guys. Free billboards. Free billboards. <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> three billboards. Yeah. That's and I'm not even gonna outside the full title. Come go, on, man. Jeez. Should I go for the full title? <laughs> No, everyone's calling it three billboards. If you're cool, you're calling it. Oh, okay. Just calling it three B. I was just gonna say, I just call it the trip B. Three B. Uh, three B. One for best drama motion picture. Uh, and the backlash has been has been fast and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know that there's anything else that. I mean, we had 
the uh, Oprah accepting her award and she's fantastic. That was, you know, but hey guys, sometimes a great speech can just be a great speech. It can, it can. And I'm a, I'm a big Sterling K Brown fan. So I was, I was happy to see see him win for sure. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I was uh, not happy. I was in fact, irate and somewhat furious that Ewan McGregor won for Fargo over Kyle McLaughlin for Twin Peaks. All right. I mean, Ian McGregor did play two characters, though. So you Kyle played four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen season three of Fargo. So uh, I was, And I was also pulling... Uh, it was kind of a two-horse race for me for, for Kyle and then for Jude Law. Okay. For Young Pope. Because Young Pope was fantastic. Only yeah. because Jude Law was incredible. Anyway. That's what I'm mad about. I did like that Allison Janney one for I, Tanya, a movie that I think we'll discuss a little bit. Yeah, I have, you've seen that one. You'll talk about it. I haven't. Yep. But she just, just from the trailer, she looks fantastic. She in that movie. is a force. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about James Franco? I, I'm a James Franco. James Franco. Wow. It's Been away for a while. <laughs> Been away for a while. It's the <laughs> little, little rusty. Uh, James Franco. I'm a fan overall of his. I'm not a huge like defender. I was gonna say, are you a James Franco apologist no. now? Because that's like a thing. No, but every everything I see him in, I'm like, okay, that's what I would have expected from James Franco. And I, I am actually interested in seeing what is the, the disaster artist. Disaster artist is the one he's in, yeah. Um, based on the, the making room. of the room, I am interested to see that one. And it sounds like from what I've heard that it's an interesting movie, and he like plays the part pretty well. So I don't didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, um, I don't know who else is up in that category though. To be kind fair. of a weak category for okay. for being you know, honest. I mean, you want to get Ansel Elgort to win for wearing headphones and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, Steve Carell for Battle of the Sexes might have been interesting. Yeah, we discussed that one a little bit, but I don't all think- I know is that um, I, while you you can be a James Franco fan, uh, I am not. I'm not even a Dave Franco fan. See, I'm not I a watched Dave an interview fan. with them like on the red carpet beforehand. Yeah. And it was the worst thing I've ever sat through. Yeah, but it see, sucked I love so bad. That. And then they threw they threw to the other side of the red carpet where they were talking to Alison Brie, uh-huh. who's married to, to Dave Franco. Yeah. And they just had the single most awkward interaction I've like maybe ever seen. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. See, love uh love James Franco just cuz everything that surrounds james franco i'm not expecting him to be anything that he's not i don't like dave franco either okay which is interesting because Because if we're gonna be real if we're gonna be real real right now one of them's got some pretty heavy allegations against him and it ain't dave yeah oh james (sighs) speaking of which he's on sorry (laughs) yeah i guess we should probably mention that real briefly um I mean, it's a show that we're both fans of, and we both have liked Aziz Ansari's work in the past. Yeah. Um, the article, I urge people to read it. Um, a, another valuable lesson in why consent is important. I don't know if I can add anything to that. No. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, a movie that we did spend some time talking about and did, in fact, feature our, our one ever special guest star. Coco did win for Best Animated Feature. Woo! I loved it. There we go. That's our that's our big win this year. Yeah. I, Suck it, boss baby. Oh, I I threw out so many recommendations for Coco. Oh, I was going left and right. Just boom, boom, boom. You got to see Coco. Yep. I'm scrolling through. Yeah, nothing else is yep. jumping out at me here. I also have the worst uh, formatting for this list that I'm. Are you on at. the variety one where it's like just no? I'm bolded? just on. I'm just on like Google. Oh, okay. So it's just it's just at the top of the page, like a scroll through. My last shout out for Golden Globes. Going to Laura Dern. Laura Dern bringing it. Had herself a hell of a year. She did. She does the coolest shit in Star Wars, The Last Jedi that I've maybe ever seen, and is also dating Baron Davis. Shouts to them. Make love true in 2018. Come on. I need this one. 
<laughs> I'm just now I just googled Laura Dern and I'm I'm into the I'm into the Twitter the Twitter Twitter sphere. Now. Oh, she's so good. <laughs> Laura Dern goes makeup free for friends kids book launch. <laughs> That's the title. That was my final shout out, Lucas. Anything you want to leave, or are we good on Golden Globes? Let's get to our, our last bit of of news, if you will. You can call it news. It's absolutely news. It is definitely news. It is historic news. It is also our maybe one recurring segment on this television show. Television show? Whoops. Just upgraded ourselves. Uh, It's our one recurring segment on this podcast. What's up with Hugh Grant? It's time to check in. Uh, Guys, Hugh Grant, (laughs) the lad only went and bloody did it. He's got himself a 100% fresh Rotten Tomatoes rating for the film Paddington 2 a film where he plays a supporting role to an animated cartoon bear. Congrats to Hugh Grant. We've been on this one since the beginning. I think we've both... We were watching. Yeah, we we both said, I think I, I think I see something here. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. I've had to... I still haven't seen the movie. I think the first one's on Netflix now, I noticed. I don't know how long it's been on Netflix. Need to watch that. Need to watch number two. But still, even before that, I have been defending... Paddington the 2 to like, Paddington to like anyone <laughs> people will be like shouting in a bar yeah people will be like oh, that doesn't look very good and I'm like come on gang like actually I, I have literally done the same thing yeah where I went you're really gonna sit here and you're gonna we're gonna watch this commercial for this children's movie and you're gonna go that doesn't look that good and I'm gonna have to turn to you and say okay you have to take your kids to a kids movie this weekend why the fuck would you not pick Paddington 2? Also, which looks the easily the best out of what's available. Yeah, everything I've seen from it looks looks delightful. It looks enjoyable. Yeah. You can't beat 100%. <laughs> no, you can't. Congrats to Paddington and congrats to Hugh Grant. <laughs> we knew you could do it. We knew we had it Why in. Why not? Is it, I mean this has to be his highest rated movie now, right? Yep. Yeah, there's no way he's got Sense and Sensibility, a close 98. Okay. Which I also adored. I was gonna say it's tough to, tough to get hundos. How many? I, I think there's only two or three, one hundred percent rotten, one hundred percent fresh. Like right now, I think like all time. Really, I let think me, there's. Let me check. Well, it's tough because with check. with Rotten Tomatoes you have the, uh, like there's a component of how many reviews they have. Yeah. So they ha- so they have to hit a certain threshold to be like the certified fresh or whatever. So yeah. that's true. I don't know how many hundo like certified fresh. I can tell you that um Ladybird dropped to 99. Ouch. Yeah. Suck it. Yeah, Ladybird's terrible, man. Yeah, we'll talk Paddington about that 2 one. is Paddington 2 is a much better film than pa- than Paddington 2 than <laughs> Ladybird. <laughs> There's no real easy way on Rotten Tomatoes that I can find to just like sort by freshness rating. No, I feel like at one point, I found. The fuck do you do this? Like at one point on Rotten Tomatoes, I found something that lets you look at the top, yeah, best movies of all time. So I found this, but then it's also I don't know exactly how they sort it. There's like some <laughs> weird, like weighted algorithms going on. So Citizen Kane is certified a hundred as I look at this. There's some. There's quite a few like on this list singing in the rain north by northwest 12 angry men 100 percent. nice congrats to paddington and congrats to hugh grant now lucas are you ready to talk about the movies that we saw separately which is odd for this this show i almost called it a television show again (laughs) again yeah because what what two of these we've both seen yes but every movie that we're about to talk about, we saw separately. Yes. And we also kind of haven't really talked about them, not even on air, but just in general. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's start with the big one, shall we? Lucas, we both saw Star Wars, colon, The Last Jedi. We did. What'd you think? You know what? And I guess I can say this. I'm I was going to say we've said this before, because I know we have, but I don't know if it's ever been said on the show. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, now's as good a time as any. As as the the show as a whole is is slow. Are you about to just throw up. a firebomb in here? No, but we've talked about this before. You understand my position. I'm gonna say it live on air for all to hear, so I can just get <laughs> absolutely blasted. 
none of the Star Wars movies, pick anyone you want, are like that good. Whoa. <laughs> I, I like all of them. I think they're all above average movies. I don't okay. think any of them are... I mean, I'd say some of the the first parts of all of the first three are significant and important for other reasons. Empire Strikes Back is a pretty incredible movie. I don't, I don't know that I'd like put it up there in like top fifty, top hundred movies. Top hundred movies. You're not putting Empire Strikes Back. I don't know. Top fifty. I'll I mean, top I mean that I've, that I've seen. It's definitely up there. But like, if okay. I'm if I'm just trying to like, pre- You're like extrapolating, there's a lot of good movies out there. I guess what I'm trying to say is these these are all above average movies on yeah. a, and they are definitely on a spectrum as far as quality within the series. Okay, but I think people make a bigger deal of how far apart they are within the overall movie universe and movie quality type scale okay they're all they're all relatively tight they're clustered yeah yeah i mean the earlier ones are in general probably slightly worse but it's not this thing where like the early ones are three of the worst movies of all time and the early ones or the prequels oh the (laughs) i mean you can you can twist these around in any way you want they're they're closer together than than i think other people say i've thought that these seven and eight have been close to the top end with, like you said, like Empire Strikes Back and the long-winded, weird, clunky Phantom Menace is like at the bottom, but I think... Is one of the top 50 movies ever made. Yeah, that one's that one's like 99 on top <laughs> of 100 movies of all time. But yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm going, like wasting a lot of time saying... <laughs> yeah, is that, like, like, it was a pretty simple question. Is that like this movie was a Star Wars movie for me and not much more and not much less, I guess. And you can cut everything I said before that if you want. No, I'm leaving all that in. (laughs) You're going to take some heat. Uh, I'm going to come back and say that I really enjoyed this movie and thought it was good just as a movie. Yeah. Which I actually kind of... No, I do agree with you on most of your point there that the Star Wars movies are all for the... Like, fine. Yeah, they're all fairly good. I thought this one was actually like very good. I thought it was a good uh, sci-fi movie, even just kind of on its own. Um, as a pretty large Star Wars fan, it did a lot of things for me that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought this one was especially in a world where we haven't seen. You can maybe say like true originality for a while. Say like chances. Yeah, yeah, because we've had obviously when you go to prequels, there's a lot tied up into what you need to make a a prequel and to get to uh to bridge the gap to the original material and then you know it's been talked about with the seventh movie obviously a rehash of a lot of things and and borderline remake yeah and trying to bring back a lot of the the classic star wars uh you know action sequences tropes things that characters things that we liked and then this one was really the first opportunity to like spread your wings in this in this new to just get weird era and and do some weird things. So yeah, I also really enjoyed this one and thought it was an above average film that I would just tell people to see regardless of of it being Star Wars or anything yeah. else. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Cool. I I I did leave me excited to see what Ryan Johnson's going to do with his um trilogy. They just yeah. gave him a trilogy and I kind of made fun of it. I'm sorry, Ryan. I was wrong. Yeah. I'm also intrigued. The thing that I'm nervous about, and you brought this up to me a while back. Going back to JJ? Yeah. Yeah. And Go, then we have and Colin Trevorrow. And then we have the the writers, the the dude that wrote the new Jurassic or did yep. he write both of the Jurassic new Jurassic movies or just the second one? Uh, we'll have to look at that. Let me type him in Colin Trevorrow. But either way, I'm uh, nervous. Just Jurassic World. Nope. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. So mark me down as nervous for for episode nine to see if we can... I mean, just let me hit you with these these writing credits. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Starting from... This is 2002. Home Base, Making Revolution, Reality Show, Gary Under Crisis. That was tw- 2002 through 2005. Then there's nothing until okay. 2015. I mean, probably... Jurassic a, World. A better choice. <laughs> 
Yeah, take a break. Jurassic World, Lego Dimensions, the video game, because it's the characters created by Jurassic World, so he's technically uncredited, but because he wrote the other movie, he gets a writing credit. Because he wrote like the source material. Yeah. So, okay. Intelligent sure. Life, which is just announced and has no date. Okay. Uh, then Jurassic World, colon, Fallen Kingdom, uh, and then Star Wars Episode Nine. All right. So <laughs> still nervous. That didn't make you feel better? No. That I thought for sure that would make you feel better. What if I told you that J.J. Um, Abrams was also had a writing credit? Better or worse? I don't know that I can go worse than where I was, but it's not getting better. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on from Star Wars and talk about um, pretty much the polar opposite of Star Wars in almost every way. Uh, let's talk about Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, a movie. I'll go first this time. Oh, good luck. I'll go first this time. Try to so try I to top that. <laughs> I think that in terms of best movies ever made, Lady Bird is pretty much solidly in the top fifty. I'm going big on this one. Um, no, I, I absolutely loved Lady Bird. It honestly might have found its itself a spot on my my Rushmore. If we did okay. it again, I might have to knock something off. All right. Um, I enjoyed every single second of it, thought it was perfect. And it made me listen to a Dave Matthews album that I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that, but mostly I felt good. Nice. A little baby. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews shout out. All right. I'm going to give my take on this. It's not going to be as, as weird and complex as my Star Wars one. I won't, in the meantime, I want you to go to Rotten Tomatoes. Because uh, as we mentioned, Lady Bird, I don't know if it's going to make it to air, but we mentioned that <laughs> Lady Bird dropped to 99%. Yes. So it has one one rotten review. I got so it. I want you to pull it I up and read it after I, after I share share my take. Uh, yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with you in every sense, just maybe diluted a little bit. Sure. I, I mean, mean it, it's a movie that I'm pretty much like predestined to like. Like it's a coming of age story, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And and I mean it's it's one of those things where with movies I think we we both appreciate the idea of at least trying to be like okay this is kind of an objective take and then this is subject you know a more subject subjective take wow I'm going <laughs> to cut me out just saying I'm never going to try to say subjective again uh but we both appreciate the idea of a little more of a objective <laughs> am I having a stroke <laughs> All right, I'm just going to start from the section. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you pretty much on every point with Lady Bird. Just a little more diluted, and that's obviously just the little twist of personal taste Yep, mixed in there. But, I mean, clearly, from just a movie perspective, classic story, simple, stripped down, nothing, nothing that I saw that was negative, but I guess we have one... Rotten re- review on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, I just found it. Did you find it? I found it. I want to hear it. Have you not heard it? I thought you were telling me this because it, it also is very funny. No, because I just went to Rotten Tomatoes. Saw the 99. Saw the 99. Saw that said 215 fresh reviews and one rotten. Well, and let me tell you about a brave, brave man named Cole Smithy, whose review was published on colesmithy.com. Okay. And he said, and this is just the excerpt, Lady Bird is far from a perfect film. I'm going to disagree with him there. It's just not the mumblecore disaster you'd expect from Greta Gerwig, one of the mumblecore movement's prime progenitors. So I don't get what his beef is. No. But he gave it a C plus. Interesting. Interesting. Now it's making me, I've immediately disregarded that. Don't care about that anymore. How does the 207take.com not have enough cred to <laughs> to be an official review on Rotten Tomatoes on this whatever smitty.com? <laughs> Cole Smithy? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wow. This dude, I'm, I'm glancing through his review right now. The armpit city of Sacramento will forever be indebted to Greta Gerwig for making it seem like a much better place to live than it is. 
Huh. So this dude seems like he might just have some problems outside of Lady Bird. Yeah. He's taking some shots at Sacramento, which is interesting because I don't even agree with that take. No. That it like idealized Sacramento. In no. Way. It's kind of the point. The whole movie is about how she hates Sacramento. And then she like likes it, but for the classic because it's home. Yeah, yeah, for like the classic reasons, but not yeah. because it's actually like a good place. Like no one's packing up and moving to Sacramento after watching this movie, except apparently him. But then he's not because Sacramento sucks. The fuck is this dude talking about? <laughs> I'm mad that I know about this guy now. Well, see, the thing is, what I figured, and especially now that I see this Cole Smithers, whatever the hell his name Cole is, com. <laughs> Do you really want me to correctly attribute? No, I don't. I don't. It's fine. So, um, what I was initially thinking is this guy saw an opportunity to build his brand by being the one. No, that's what I think too. Rotten review on Lady Bird. Oh, uh, one hundred percent. Yeah, savvy play. No, I mean he's wrong. But yeah, no. Props to you, sir, Cole Smithy, who has no artistic integrity as a reviewer or anything at all. Critically, you are a hack fraud. Wow, only 82% of people uh, audience liked it. I can see that. Tomatoes. That's like pretty high though. Yeah, that's not bad, I guess. I, we... If you go to the audience reviews, um oh boy. If you go to the audience <laughs> reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, uh there's one here from Dan I uh, who gave it one star and he said just a bunch of liberal messages. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I like it. Well, uh I li- I like that review. But also would it make you a little more mad if I said Jumanji colon Welcome to the Jungle had 90% approval from audience? No. Because I think... <laughs> I wanted to say no so bad, but I just got so furious that I could not speak. <laughs> so you know what? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm upset by that. You have upset me. <laughs> God, and you just know I'm I'm oh, okay. Thank God. Well, you know what it is. It's that Jumanji is pretty much apolitical. Yeah. In in today's crazy world where everything's just so politicized, everything's a lightning rod. Jumanji managed to really bridge the gap and just let everyone appreciate that. Um, I can fairly certainly say with like ninety five percent confidence that every one of the actors in that movie is a, a huge Democratic donor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> an after school special at best hate your mom love your mom ditch you long time best friend ditch you long time best friend have sex cheat in school and sadly no bank will refinance your house when your dad doesn't have a job that's a one star review courtesy of barb m <gasps> i like it god i kind of could this be a new segment yeah how do we not jump on this earlier <laughs> i feel like an idiot we just we have to start tracking down for like the worst movies that we can think of we go through all the five-star reviews, and then for the best movies we can think of, we go through all the one-star reviews. I'm you know, I'm taking a chance on that right now, on air, live on air. We are going to do a little experimentation, <laughs> see if this works. Here we go, Lucas. Oh, boy. This is going to be... Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to read you a couple reviews from this movie, and you have to guess which movie it is. Oh, great. Here we go. Here's a five-star review from Annie E. Are you going to give me – Could is this recent at all, or are you not going to say? I'm not going to say. Okay. Because I, I think we'll slowly – I'll try to get slowly more and more specific in the yeah, reviews. We'll leave it open-ended. Until we now. get it. Okay. Here we go. Three. We'll start here. Three stars from Kevin M. Okay. It's funny. It's better than the first one, and it's a Christmas movie. Call me entertained. Bad Mom's Christmas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving on. Here's a five-star review courtesy of Annie E. Okay. Better than the first. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Christmas movie. Uh, Christmas Vacation? Nope. Moving on. A one-star review from Pat D. Okay. Really, it was awful. What were they thinking? I did laugh a couple times, but groaned many more. And why did the shoplifting mother get a pass? It's an excellent question from Pat D. Oh, God. Shoplifting mother get a pass. I feel like that should be the... Should that be the, the giveaway there? We'll get, we'll get more specific now. Okay. 
Four star review from E.D. Movie dot dot dot. Hilarious exclamation point exclamation point. Marky Mark's abs dot dot. Wonderful space exclamation point. Is it daddy? It's daddy's home too, right? It is daddy's home okay. too. I was going to make that guess, but I was like, I can't keep guessing just like the brand new movies. That was going to be my guess after, uh, what was the, the one before that? Better than the first? Maybe. Hold on. I need to read this one, one and a half star review from Dana N. A disappointment after the first one. <laughs> <laughs> when Wahlberg and John Cena carry the film, it's a key indicator. Mel Gibson made a wrong turn. In the borderline unlimited infinite number of wrong turns that Mel Gibson has made, do you really think this is the key indicator? I don't know, man. Wait, also John Cena's in it? Yeah. That's oh. like the the spoiler. Oh, spoiler. Is he like a brother? Who's John Cena? He's like the other dad. Wait, what? Here we go. I got to give you this last one because it's, it's Okay. One and a half stars from Jeremy R. Was waiting for this movie to come out for a while. (laughs) What a disappointment. It looks like the filmmakers just threw everything together haphazardly. Some scenes were too long. Others were choppy. And unlike the first movie, the kids were highly unlikable. I also feel the Mel Gibson casting was completely off base. (laughs) He acts like a raging lunatic the entire time. Not the too cool for you, dad. He's supposed to portray. This is definitely a new segment that we're going to be able to do this one time because this podcast will probably never happen again. Yeah. Excellent. But that's going to be the reboot podcast is just... Just Ron Tomatoes audience reviews? Yeah. It's pretty good. Maybe we'll have to cut this and save it for ourselves. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Lucas, do you want to talk about the movie that you saw and I didn't? Or would you like me to talk about the movie that I saw and you didn't? I saw a couple. Which one am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know, whichever one you want. <laughs> okay, why don't you go, and I'll think about which one I want to talk about. Perfect. Well, I figured you could go, then I could go, then you could go again, or did you really want to go twice in a row? Oh, good call. I'll jump in. Uh, okay, so what did I saw my, my classic Christmas movie that I think I, I teased I would see with my family on on Christmas, and that was The Greatest Showman. Hugh okay. Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Musical. Stop me if you... Is it? Oh, it's a really... No, I know. Yeah, it's a musical. (laughs) It's like the one thing I will give it credit for. It's a musical. There's a reason why when they announced, like, best comedy or musical, I was kind of like, I think Greatest Showman should probably just win. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, actually actually a musical. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say probably whatever you're picturing in your mind right now when I say Hugh Jackman musical circus. Singing the songs of Angry Men. (laughs) That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, I wasn't offended. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to say with like a movie, a movie like this. Uh, overall, with my movie going experience on Christmas Day, I got what I expected. Yeah, uh, there's some there's songs being sung. Uh, there's some some good on on screen chemistry between Zac Efron and, and Zendaya that I enjoyed. Okay, uh, Hugh Jackman was. Your your classic uh, pull through the movie that was he was kind of he keeps it together I'm sure yeah he was he was doing classic Hugh Jackman things he was singing a little bit he was acting a little bit being the family man you know just your your jolly story about P T Barnum everyone's everyone's favorite uh, entertainment mogul and and just all around philanthropist (laughs) yeah all around all around good guy Uh, and. I just loved the idea that there's still P.T. Barnum branded things that I'm being suckered into to paying money. He got to, you to go see. He got you from beyond. So I was happy to to support that. Uh, yeah, overall, my mom enjoyed it. Oh, excellent. Uh, I sat through it and was fine with spending my time doing that on on Christmas Day at the theater, and uh, I wouldn't tell anyone that you have to go see it. I think that's Okay. I think that's my like takeaway is not a recommendation but not you don't have like to go a condemnation. See it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If if you're being like for if it's like a you're being tortured and you're like going to be forced to watch it I'd be like it'll probably be fine. Yeah. Like you're fine. Um the, I I will say that it's I think that it holds true for this movie too that I think Hugh Jackman is 
an adequately talented actor. Yeah. In all things. Like, he's just perfectly fine. Is he just the main... You judge all other, like, actors and performances. You're like, is it Hugh Jackman or is it, like, Yeah, he, like, he is the Mendoza line. Yeah. Like, if you're better than Hugh Jackman, you're fine. Yeah, you can you're have fine. a job in Hollywood. Yeah. If you're worse, like... Get out of here. You probably have a replacement somewhere that you can, yeah. you can get. I like that. No, and that's... Yeah. That's the greatest showman. <laughs> let it let it just go. Let it go out to pasture. It's fine. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about the movie that I saw that you didn't see now. Oh. Just real quickly. Uh, it's also a movie that has um, confounded me because apparently it's not out yet. Like, right. I don't know what's going on, but I saw I, Tanya, uh, and it's definitely out because I went to the theater, bought a ticket, sat down, and watched it. Can I say, did you go to a theater that specializes in independent films no interesting it was a chain theater in philadelphia interesting because i would say that would be the most obvious oh totally no that's i was like oh maybe i got like a special screening or something but i'm pretty sure it came out i mean it won a golden Globe. okay whatever yeah who knows (laughs) yeah bottom line i saw i tanya the story of um tanya harding the figure skater and the um kind of i don't know tragic events uh, that led to Nancy Kerrigan getting assaulted um, and kind of what happens after that. And boy, howdy, this film is conflicted. Um, I first off just want to say that I thought that it was very entertaining. I think in, in if you just turn out, if you want to sit down and watch something that's like well-made pretty well paced didn't feel too long um and has some just n- like knockout performances like i thought allison janey was incredible like i love her and she whole new level in this one um you know that i do not care for margot robbie mm-hmm. robbie robbie um sure she was fantastic hmm. like straight up i thought she was great uh sebastian stan the winter soldier great everyone in it perfect perfectly fine the actual like form that the movie takes is bizarre and almost doesn't work because it starts off and it's um, like, spoilers, I guess, for a thing that happened like 40 years ago. Uh, not 40 years ago. It happened in like 93. I was I was alive. Um, but it starts and it has like 40 year old Tanya Harding, but it's just Margot Robbie yeah. in makeup and everything. You know, because it's a movie. But they're interviewing her, like, kind of office style. Like, she's just sitting there looking at the camera. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to camera as if she's, like, current day Tanya Harding. Got it. Then it goes to flashbacks where she plays young Tanya Harding. Okay. Because she is Tanya Harding. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so we have, we almost immediately introduce the same issue as Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. But this time with the same actor. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, so now we have multiple timelines going, but the same actor. But we're also pretending that we're interviewing the real Tanya Harding, who's telling us the real story. Right? And this whole movie is supposedly about Tanya Harding telling her side of the story and what really happened. Yeah. The problem is, is that that happens in the movie. So you're basically two steps removed from reality. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be one thing if it opened up with real, honest to God, Tanya Harding. Yeah. No. Who like was at the Golden Globes. Like, she was semi-involved in this movie, I guess, on some level. And she had that. And then we went to, oh, and here's Margot Robbie portraying Tanya Harding. I think that would make a whole lot more sense. Yeah. But it also has this weird relationship with Tanya Harding and the people around her. Where it both wants you to, like, sympathize and be like, you know, you should probably think about the things that happened to Tanya Harding because she had, like, a terrible childhood, was abused, like, her entire life. And really, if, you know, her story is to be believed and actually, like, how it went down legally, like, she did not know about the the, the pipe assault. Yeah. It's not a pipe. It's like a baton. But then the movie also plays those, like, abuse scenes. Like, Sebastian Stan is just, like, beating the shit out of her. But in the middle of their fight, they turn, they'll, they like, turn and look at the camera and, like, deliver jokes. 
So it's like played for laughs, but also is like the crucial backbone of your like moralistic view. So it's a little weird. There are multiple times where you just go like, huh, I don't, huh. And that's I, Tanya. I cried. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see it. but I didn't even come close. Let me tell you. They'll tell you that Bobby Cannavale's in this movie. He's on screen for maybe 45 seconds. Not an exaggeration. Wow. Maybe 45 seconds. He has absolutely no purpose in this film. But also, when you see I, Tanya, and again, it's an entertaining movie, and I think it is worth a watch, honestly. Fantastic soundtrack. It's kind of weird, though, because everything's like happening in the 90s, and the whole soundtrack is like 70s light rock. Okay. So I'm like, okay. It's a lot of like ELO and stuff, and you're like, like Super Tramp. I was like, not really, not really that big, like 93. Pretty sure they were done by then. Um, But I think just be aware of like, just watch for the parts where it is like traumatic childhood abuse, and then think about like the tone that the movie is trying to construct around that. Food for thought. Yeah, I was going to say, so initially, initially I was going to try to, uh, I'll say, summarize your opinion to, to digest it myself and say, it seems like it had trouble bringing home the conflicted type of message, which is, you know, pretty much the difference between, oh, that movie kind of went for it and, oh, that was really good. Yeah. But it seems like it wasn't even that. It was more so they just that's what's like kind of came out it. of left field with like part of their part of their message, I guess you could say. Yeah, because and I think you know it's not only Tanya Hart like modern day, current day Tanya Harding giving interviews. It's like other characters involved, right? So it's like Sebastian Stan as like current day, whatever her ex husband's name is. But if they had just had those people actually give interviews, I think it would have gone so much farther because then you could also play the idea of like the whole thing's trying to play like, Oh, it's an unreliable narrator. Like the part where they like, it's like Tanya like shoots a shotgun in their house at her husband. Right. And then she like turns the camera and she's like, we're not even to this part of the story yet. And then like, you know, pumps the shoddy and you're like, okay, but like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Like, is the point of that to show us that at some point in your relationship, Tanya Harding fired a shotgun at her husband in their home? Or is it to be like, you have so many preconceived notions that you think that this could realistically happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, that almost seems like the alternative. Yeah. Because there is a point where, where she turns to camera and says, like, um, I was being abused all over again by you. And she's talking to like the audience, like just everyday people who like condemned her for this thing that she didn't do. And I was like, that's a really bold choice movie where you spent half of it, like making fun of Tanya Harding being poor. Yeah. It just seems weird. But anyway, Alison Janney won a golden globe for it. So check her out. She's great. Woo. You know what? It's made me a little bit excited to see what Margot Robbie does next. Hey, there you go. That's high praise. That is high praise. Lucas, talk about your last movie. All right. So I also saw in theaters Molly's Game, which, first of all, it was um, uh, has some tie-ins to, I'll say some loose tie-ins to my everyday life in that uh, Kevin Costner played a, his was portraying a professor that my girlfriend had. A word? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So like she, which is interesting to see, uh, and of course I didn't see it with her, so she hasn't seen it, (laughs) but I would have been interested to ask how like Kevin Costner portrayed someone that she actually spent, spent time with, uh, in a classroom setting. And then of course he's not really prevalent in this movie other than being uh, spoken about here and there, but Molly Bloom, who's played by Jessica Chastain, her brother, Jeremy Bloom was a football player at University of Colorado where both Ken and I went. So it was it was interesting to see. I don't know that I've ever had a can true I, can del- I break in real quick. Yeah. Because I just remembered something. Jeremy Bloom is also currently the voice on the tram at DIA. Yes, Fun I did fact. hear that. I yeah. did hear that, yeah. 
so this i mean there you go just another another piece this is i would have to say for true story uh type movies which we see all the time you know based on true events i just talked about one yeah to have something that like even in those little ways ties into your actual life is interesting to then see uh on the big screen i thought this movie was i thought this movie was i'm gonna say very good i thought it was uh i mean jessica chastain delivers a pretty classic jessica chastain performance i feel like it fits with 207 take bracket actor yeah i feel like it fits with some of her other quality performances you get plenty of uh courtroom style action uh you get a good i mean there's not a lot of courtroom but a lot of i guess dealing with the law type jessica chastain a classic to bring in her her smarts and wit as molly bloom you get a heavy dose of uh, idris elba who we also very much enjoy it's i think two and a half ish hours but is paced well the story is story is entertaining it's again i'd say one of those true to life or uh you know based on real event type movies that you're like okay i didn't really know this full story it's not something that's um as mainstream as you know like a story about world war Two or you know yeah anything classic like that like okay i know all the background and all the players to this is interesting to see um something that's a little more recent played out on the big screen of course kevin costner is also in it as i mentioned solid cast i just thought all around worthwhile watch uh i don't know that you necessarily need to see it in theaters it's one of those where i think eventually down the line when it's on like tnt it'll be like a solid solid jump in and watch at any point uh so yeah i'd give it's certified fresh on rotten tomatoes right now and i would concur that it is certified fresh excellent can i ask you a question about it yeah i don't know if i'll answer it okay (laughs) we'll try uh how aaron sorkin is it because he both wrote and directed yeah um how many walk and talks I'm going to say when it ended and Aaron Sorkin's name came across the screen, I went, Aaron Sorkin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, in like that exact tone. So, like, I mean, it's not as Aaron Sorkin as The Social Network, but it's okay. like pretty textbook Aaron Sorkin. All right. Which, along with textbook Jessica Chastain, is solid movie. He I mean, he, movie. he could pretty much and probably did kind of write the textbook on screenwriting. So, yeah. I'm going to say that's fine. Yep. All right. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. TNT on a on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm telling you I I think that's I think that's where it shines is All right. Right in that slot. Bloom. <laughs> Lucas, I have no more movies to talk about. Actually, I'll give a one-word review for The Founder. Oh, that Ray Kroc movie with Michael Keaton came out a while ago. Good. Okay. That's it. Does that mean I have to give a one word review of the Polka King? I'll let you have a sentence because that's that's fresh. That's at least okay. new. The Polka King and is one we talked about on our trailer break. Correct. That is topical. Give me. Tell me about Jack Black and the Polka King. Maybe too much. Jack Black being Jack Black. I think if that's you just shorten it down, the Polka King. Maybe too much. And that's it. Polka King? Too much? Question mark. <laughs> too much of a good thing? The Polka King story. I I was intrigued uh, when I went on Netflix just now to make sure it was called The Polka King. There's also an hour documentary on... Oh, on the same the actual. Oh. Yeah, so I was like, that might actually be a much more interesting watch than... Interesting. I am excited for you to to type that that review up. Maybe too much. And uh, look for it now on the Rotten Tomatoes uh, top critic response where, you know what? We're coming for you. I forgot his name. Colin Smithers? (laughs) That wasn't it. Smitty. 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 That's all the movies we have to talk about this week. And that means that's all we have to talk about this week. Lucas, should we real briefly talk about the future of this program? It Just seem, let them know. It seems like now's the time. Just yeah. let them know. Um, Lucas, you are going on the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. 
to all get, expenses paid to get downsized. <laughs> no, you are going uh, across the pond, as they say. Correct. You're going to spend a few months in Europe while you still have the chance before we uh, catastrophically affect the climate of the Earth. Yeah, and can no longer go to anywhere near sea level. Yeah, Europe will be underwater. We'll be good. We're mile high. We're yeah, fine. Yeah, we're okay. Fuck them. <laughs> Don't need them. <laughs> Don't want them. Uh, anyway, that means that the show will most likely have to come to an end. Uh, I don't think that I will be doing one-man shows every week. Oh. And uh, I don't know if I can replace Lucas. That's true. It's just a tough act to follow. It's true. It's true. Um, so we're hoping to get one more show. Yeah. We'll do a little blowout next week, I think. Uh, and then I think we call it we'll the see what happens. We'll call it the season one finale. I like it. And who... I mean... If we get canceled and it ends up being the series finale, then tough shit. But and I would definitely, uh, for our, our listeners, I would definitely consider us more on the Game of Thrones timetable. Oh yeah. Than like the Modern Family timetable. Oh like, yeah. We're not coming back next month. We're coming back. I mean, we provide you with movie length style shows so we need more than that's actually true we need like two years to... <laughs> we have to write all this shit yeah. these are heavily scripted <laughs> this is tough yeah we can't tough sled. we can't come up with this on the fly this no is... way this gold you think people just pull this out we have a whole writing team <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back to the writer's room <laughs> anyway god we should just blame it on a writer's strike we, we still can't okay we'll do it next week we'll do it next week We'll talk about it. Um, anyway, that's it for this week. We'll come back next week with um, something. Not really sure. There'll be a whole lot of something. Yeah, there'll be something. Anyway, thanks to you, listener. We'll, uh... <laughs> this sucks so bad. This sucks so bad. I love it. Anyway. I wish this was the end of our last one. Just cut, <laughs> like, hard cut. Anyway, you can find uh, more of what we do at the207take.com. For now, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> uh, don't bother following us on anything because, like we said, next week it's pretty much all just shutting down. <laughs> but maybe, maybe keep following or start following because you won't be bombarded with any sort of social media. There'll That's be actually no posts. true. And then when we finally and come then when back, it kicks back, if up. we come back, you'll know right away. You'll be first one there. There you go. So that's uh, at the 207 take on Twitter. Uh, the 207 take on Facebook and some other ones. Uh, Snapchat. Yeah. I hope by the time you come back, Vine 2 is, is rolling. Yeah, we can really, it should be. We'll be able to shine on that. If nothing else, Vine 3 will be in the works. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, just one more thing. Shout out to Maine. <laughs> <laughs>